Let's start with some tough love, all right? You two suck. Say my name. That's what the kids call Prissy guy with the mustache. You're listening to Inside the Gillivers talking all things Breaking Bad, El Camino, and Better Call Saul. Brought to you by Stewart Travel Guitars. See the incredible stowaway travel guitar at stewartguitars.com. Also brought to you by Idea Bench, makers of hot rod inspired pedal boards and pedal board accessories at ideabench.com. Microphones for Inside the Gillivers are brought to you by Rode Microphones. Now, please welcome your hosts, Tom Schnauz and Eric Broadbent. It's showtime, folks. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us for episode six of Inside the Gillivers, talking all things Breaking Bad, El Camino, and of course, Better Call Saul. My name is Eric Broadbent, and it comes with great pleasure, as always, to introduce my co-host, writer, director, producer for such shows that we just talked about, Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, and this big thing this weekend, the 2020 Emmy Awards, a nominee, Mr. Tom Schnauz. How are you doing, Tom? Nice to have you back. I'm doing good. I'll be honest. I'm having a little trouble hearing you all of a sudden. Eric, Uh-oh. did something happen to your microphone? No, it should be still the same. Can you, can you guys hear me okay, or have you lost me? Um, no, yeah, I hear you muffled, but uh, okay. anyway, if you hear me, okay. Yep. Ready to hear me? Yeah, got you real good. Thumbs up. Okay. Well, what can I say about our next guest? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. Absolutely I'm not going to say anything. No one knows her. Kim Wexler is here. Perfection. The great... Fantastic, awesome, Ray Seahorn. Thank you for doing this, Ray. It means so much. Thank you for having me. Eric, I too believe that you got quieter as soon as the intro started. Yeah, there you go. I cranked up a little bit of volume. Was it just like a whispery, sexy voice or a choice? It was. What's happening? I I think it was. Neither of the. I don't have a sexy voice, nor can I whisper well. Can you hear me any better now at all? Yeah, I hear you much louder right now. That's better. Okay, good. No, I, I can try to whisper. I can try to sound sexy, but I'm not going to be able to pull it off live. So how about we just... I get... hope we spend the whole hour going over this technical issue. Yeah, okay. I do. Let's, let's talk about Eric's sound for the hour. There we go. You know what let's we're talking about? It. For all the fans that are watching right now, we have a great collection of uh, fans, uh, friends and fans in the chat. We were just talking about the danger of 70s furniture. Some of the older, some of the people <laughs> in the audience here might be in that same demographic as us. And uh, actually, they will be because I see our demographics on the channel. And uh, they're about that age. So they're in their 60s, like all of us? <laughs> Somewhere in there, between the 40s right. and late 50s. But it is fantastic <laughs> to have you here. We got the Emmys this weekend, so that's going to be something to uh, really uh, get excited about everybody and the Better Call Saul family. And we saw last night, um, it was announced that the uh, the ethics tra- uh, legal ethics training that you did there, the, the company won an, uh, an Emmy on that. That's fantastic. Yes. Yeah. Dan Appel and Ariel uh, directed it. Ariel Levine <clears throat> wrote it. And... Um, Bob's in it, Patrick's in it, I'm in it, Melissa Bernstein produced, like, tons, tons of people. And I think Peter weighed in on scripts, probably Tom, you as well. Like, another one of our family, uh, Tom Tom had, had nothing, nothing to do, to do with, with it. it. Tom That's refused to have anything to do with it. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, I, I made some notes so I didn't forget, too, because I'm, I'm really bad sometimes with short-term memory. So there's, there's a lot from the camp nominated for Sunday night, and we're all looking forward to that for sure. Obviously, Tom and, and Gordon with uh, those two great episodes in Season 5. Um, we've got uh, Bag Man and Bad Choice Road. We've got uh, Outstanding Music Supervision, Thomas and team. I mean, fantastic. I've, I'm a big fan of Thomas's with Walking Dead and things of that nature, too. Uh, all that stuff. Uh, Giancarlo is up as well, too. Um, El Camino's in the in the running. Uh, I, I mean, there's there's all kinds of stuff. And at the time when I wrote these notes, I was saying it'd be nice to find out if, uh, you know, the, the short one, but it's one. So that's great. I imagine you're going to be pretty excited and waiting for all your friends and family to... Uh, to see if there's a win there too. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, we're very, uh, yeah, we're excited about all the individual nominations. And I, and I know Tom would agree with me that everyone's thrilled that in a world of 7,000 shows, we're still up for best drama, um, five years running. So, uh, that's, that, that would be an award that we would all feel very proud of as well. But, um, thrilled for Tom's episode. I clearly, the only reason we do this is for the awards. Yeah, there you go. Right. That's right. Everybody wants yeah. recognition. About anything else. Yeah. Just awards. Yes. And it's not going to be televised or spoken about or <laughs> authenticated, but we actually did win best ensemble. It's a new Emmy. They're not going to talk about it, <laughs> but we just won. We just won. There you so. go. Absolutely fantastic. We got some uh, chat questions coming in already. This is a super chat from Shashank, one of our regulars here. Um, it says, is Kim's turn in season five a reflection of her mask coming off or a reflection of Saul's influence on her changing as a person? Mm, that's a great question. Sure. It is. That's one I don't think I can even answer because it's a debate. I mean, it's it's. we really like to leave these things up to the audience and let people wonder, was, was Kim... I'm sure Ray has specific ideas about this, but was Ray, was Kim always like this or did, did Jimmy slash Saul influence her? Or was it some combination of the two? And Agreed. we don't like to nail these things down because it's, you know, we want the water cooler moments so people can discuss and have their own opinions. Exactly. And there's all kinds of great fan theories as well, too. That, that's one of the things I love about this show. Some of them are amazing. Uh, there's I got a lot of questions coming in. But I want, just uh, for Ray, uh, just a great, it's just a great question. Do you have an answer for yourself, Ray, that you don't want to share? I mean, do you have specific ideas about Kim's background and what, you know, you don't have to yeah, say Yeah, the things that I take into, yeah, the things that I take in playing it are more specific than I would share. But at the same time, they're less specific than you might think, because I think the question of what's innate versus innate and what are intrinsic properties about ourselves as opposed to extrinsic are um, questions that can't be answered even in, 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 in real life. And I think the grappling with who would you be if you never met anybody that you've met is mm -hmm. quite the existential conundrum to answer anyway. Um, but uh, I definitely don't think it's just, he tainted me. I definitely don't think we're all the way over there. And I think you guys did a brilliant job of uh, making people question that presumption. The teaser we did with young Kim, did that change anything that you had previously thought about the character? Or was that sort of in line? Did it, did it fit? Did that puzzle piece fit in with whatever backstory? It you did. It did. I didn't tell you guys as we were moving along and it wasn't this like, I knew it moment when, um, when I read the teaser that you wrote, but uh, I always thought that she was um, raised by or had in some guardianship capacity, an alcoholic or an addict of some kind. Mm -hmm. And it had to do with the pilot. It was just, it was the pilot episode. The idea that, um, she would be attracted to some kind of chaos um, uh, without even thinking, cleans up somebody's messes, mm -hmm. writing the trash can that he kicks, um, um, but also has, has gotten to a place where she has boundaries. He says, mm -hmm. couldn't you just, and she says, you know, I can't. And I thought, oh, there's a very controlled thing of like, I'm at work, I have a boundary, you can't do this. Um, and so I was like, ah, oh, I think this person is raised by an 
alcoholic, <laughs> like immediately. And, um, um, and then as we went, it wasn't about me looking for ways to clarify it. It was about me using it as fodder to, um, to make my character more textural to me and hopefully to the audience. And uh, anybody that's that um, specific and controlled about their body language, their facial gestures and their speech and letting people know what they're thinking to me is suppressing something else so i always thought she had another side to her what that was i i learned with you guys well it's that's that's great too because this question is coming up right now you've kind of answered most of that uh but one of our regulars arabella says my question for ray uh kim is a very mysterious woman we know very li- a little bit about her we finally saw the flashback we talked about in season five but is there something about her past that you would personally like to explore so you kind of touch on that a little bit but is there is there something you would like to see the writers give you about or maybe you could even say to them you know i would love if we did this you know that kind of thing i i love the flashback that they decided to do and tom wrote with the mother um I do think there is a darkness to her, but I, I, that is very interesting to me. Um, and that is more than just the like Giselle versus Kim. I think it's much more elaborate and complex than that. Um, but I also really understood something that Peter said and Tom said to me in, in a different interpretation and, and Vince has said, uh, but it was a conversation I had with Peter Gould once where um, I was asking, I wasn't um, imploring him to write more flashbacks about me, but I was asking about backstory. And I think I was nervous that I had started to build such a world in my head of who I think she is and what's going on that I was like, I hope this isn't butting up against anything you're writing. And will you guys tell me if I play a moment? I try to play moments that are so specific to interior thoughts that it makes them very open to interpretation to watch (laughs) Um, instead of telling somebody what to think about it. because I think people in general are hard to read and I think Kim is extremely hard to read. And I think often it's on purpose, but not always, if that makes any sense. No, it does. But I was asking Peter about it and he said, um, he goes, you know, we really like exploring people's backstory, but the thing with a very enigmatic character like Kim is sometimes if you answer too many questions, it collapses. Right. That, um, that and you don't, and also you don't want to like, I appreciated him saying that, you wouldn't want to um, simplify Kim by having some kind of pat reason for why she is the way she is. And I really appreciated that in general in storytelling, but specifically as a female character, that it wasn't about like, ah, she doesn't, she doesn't have kids because someone killed a baby in front of her. And like, no, you know what I mean? Wait a minute. That's great. I'm writing that down. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's funny too, because she's, um, I like that she's an extremely unique character and I and I and I'm not sure we need to know all the whys. No, that's good. And it's funny too, we talk about backstory. It's nice to get a backstory for, for us as fans and, and you as the as the actors. Um, but sometimes there's that four story is what, whatever you want to call it, future story. Like I've had people comment on some of my videos and saying, I wonder if Walt Jr. got the money, you know, and, and like cause their story's done. Their their future isn't written now where it's written off. You know, so we don't know what happened. So there's backstory and there's the future too. So that's one of the nice things we get to hypothesize about and just kind of run with theories, right? But here's some more questions as well too. And there's kind of two that tie into one. Uh, This is from Teresa. That scene that uh, the moment you got to put Lalo or Kim got to put Lalo in his place, loved it. How did that make you feel? (laughs) 
<laughs> me, like as Kim, yeah, probably, or, like I'm, me as a human. Yeah, I'm, I was I was excited to have a, a, a scene with Tony, and I was also very excited as an actor to watch the dynamic um, shift, both the dynamic from Jimmy to Kim. I mean, she's often. She's not well. She's not a damsel in distress anyway. So it wasn't really like, oh, he's the powerful guy, and I'm and I'm and I'm weak. But he was not capable of taking care of himself, Jimmy, in that moment, and Kim needed to take care of him, um, and uh, and also like, and Tony has spoken about this, and Tom has spoken about this. That that um that classic uh, a monster in the house kind of configuration because their condominium is mostly a safe space and they leave things outside the door um and for better or for worse <laughs> and um i'm laughing because kim has some compartmentalizing issues in my mind <laughs> but um <laughs> uh, uh so that was exciting for me and then i and then i got terrified because i um uh often with tom's writing he wrote me an incredible speech with uh where she takes down um hamlin a notch or two about chuck's estate and um I'll try not to be too sappy, but uh, I'll read something like that and I'll think, wow, Tom doesn't realize I'm not capable of doing that. <laughs> Tom's not aware of my limitations. Um, and then you get scared enough to get excited and go, oh, okay, well, if a room full of geniuses and one of them is Tom, thinks I'm this good, then I better, I better, I better you're, jump. You're using the word genius wrong. <laughs> oh, is it Genius? Is it Genius? Um, uh, well, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know Ray's limitations because we feel like all of us believe she can do anything we we put down. So that's one of the great things of being things about being a writer on the show. We have Bob, Ray, Jonathan Banks, all of our all of our actors, and these guys are hitting home runs constantly. <laughs> so it's. We we were never we have never ever been afraid about oh can they pull us can any of them do this or that and no we 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 feel completely free when we're writing so that's such a bonus that's nice to hear yeah but what's cool is some of those moments that you write are the characters jumping off a cliff and facing a demon so in that way it doesn't feel so odd that I'm like wow you know whether it's asking him to marry me instead of break up um or behaving incredibly unprofessional in a professional setting, letting them, she doesn't, I mean, she doesn't let emotions show normally. So any burbling up is, is a big thing. So I get, you know, yeah, I get to, I get to use all of that. So roundabout way to answer your, your um, okay. question would be that I think that as Kim, uh, I felt incredibly prag pragmatic, but it's not the right word. There's a more exciting version, but she when she gets backed into a corner it's 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 logic i think she actually can't handle emotions she can handle logic so mm -hmm. um if there is not um is it wittgenstein that talks about how much he can't stand anything that's he hates humanity and emotions because they're messy he only likes math because there's answers there are answers and uh, i think kim does that she i think she freaks out and it's like fine i'm in a courtroom I'll, i'm gonna solve this as a court case Talking about that scene with Lalo, when you get a scene like that, or even in that same episode, you have a long scene of dictating into a recorder. How do you, what is the preparation as an act, actor of, you get these scripts and it's, 
not very long before we have to shoot them. How do you handle memorizing these blocks? Is there is there any tricks of the trade that you do, or is it strictly just I'm going to sit down and just commit this to memory? Did you bring up a dictaphone because of a scene, or because like some people use those? Sorry, did I hear you say dictaphone? I did not say dictaphone. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I was like, wait, what dictaphone? I do have dictaphone scenes. Sorry, I misheard you. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what uh, I said that rhymed with dictaphone, but I, I did not say dictaphone. <laughs> um, it's, uh, it is an exercisable part of your brain. I get asked about it a lot. It's an endless fascination to people that don't do this. Um, like but even, we all... Yeah, even the, before Lalo gets in, it's not just the lines you're memorizing. You're doing all these acts. You're taking food out. You're pouring water. It's like and you, you're matching everything specific. So it's just training your brain. Yes. The physicality, when you're doing theater and you get to rehearse for three weeks or four weeks before you go on, the rehearsing it is not just running the lines. You're attaching physicality to a line. You're, you get body memory stuff with every time I cross downstage and I touch this prop, I bring up the story about my shoes. Whatever You start to attach things even when they're um, not a one-to-one -one ratio, but they remind you of the same thing. So it's harder. It's much harder to memorize lines for on-camera because of the speed, but also because you're not blocking at the same time. You're learning them in a vacuum mm -hmm. while trying to leave space for altering any line reads once you get there. You don't want to memorize an actual line read either or a rhythm. <laughs> um, so it's hard, but it is an exercisable part of your brain, one. And then number two, you go at it by um, chunks. It's not the same as if I were to tell you guys, memorize a grocery list of 75 things. It's more if I told you, what's your best estimation of the conversation we had about 70s furniture? And you would have at least some topic things where you'd say, I think Eric was talking about this and he had an accident and he hit his accident and then and then Ray said she hit her lip blah 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 um and so you're breaking it down like that and you keep getting macro to micro closer and closer and closer mm -hmm. until you get it to word to word that's hard sometimes yeah. and some the dialogue yeah insane some people find it very easy there are a few people that are savants with it there are some people who struggle mightily that are great actors but struggle deeply I'm in the I'm middle. in the I'm in the middle Bob's okay. better than me Bob can look at a monologue and go He'll be very close after looking at it once or twice. Wow. I was going to ask who, is, who might be good on set, so that's good. And speaking of being on set, I'll just say this really, really quickly. You talked about that scene. Has a question come up about Lalo, Kim and Lalo there? And I'm not sure if you saw our last episode we did with Marshall Adams. This was a great, and Tom obviously knows a lot about this, but Marshall was talking about that scene where, uh, where uh, Mike's up on the roof, the imaginary rooftop, and he's looking through the long, you know, uh, the sight of the rifle, and the city's mm -hmm. coat we see back at the back was all done with little, you know, like a, like a light bright, basically, poking lights through styrofoam, and then sterno cans heating up to give the, the flicker of heat waves. I mean, talk about an amazing, amazing scene that we just don't know about. Yeah. It, I mean, it's, it's, it's very cool. Yeah. And you have to think about, and then Tom had to direct us to be correctly in the line of fire when yeah. the line of fire wasn't actually there. existing That's while right. we're shooting. <laughs> um, and that balcony, I'm sure you told them, Tom, doesn't totally did not, match. It did not come up. The, the set balcony, for whatever reason, was built to not match the actual balcony on location. So <laughs> there's some trickery that has to go on and some framing okay. of things that, uh, we're, we, we try not to to make the, make the audience aware of that, but people don't know. I mean, Walter White had a had a chimney 
outside of his house and, and no fireplace inside. So it's one of those things <laughs> that didn't, the set didn't match the actual location. And, and you know, there's only, there's right, only which is odd because other things are down to the millimeter on our, on our set. There's <laughs> such, there's such precision. And then you'll just have this weird oddity where you're like, yeah, no, the balcony isn't actually off that door. <laughs> you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it is very strange. Or you see these engineering fails. There's a door that opens up and it just like, it's a, it's an abyss down below. Uh, here's exactly. some more questions I commend from one of our regulars as well. And I know, you know, her Blazy Gardner uh, says, uh, you know, Kim better than anyone. Do you think she deserves a happy ending? And does she think, she, and do you think she deserves a happy ending? And and we're talking about a happy ending, as in a nice fade off into the into the uh, you know, <laughs> the, the fade to black. Well, I was going to say, doesn't that depend on what Kim's ultimate goal is? Yeah, what she would think is a happy ending. Yeah, who knows? Um, um, if you mean happy ending, as in like not dead or tortured, yeah, pit, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, tortured by the cartel. I don't want to see that happen to her. Um, I want who, who do you want to see that happen to? <laughs> May let's save some names know. on set. Howard. Jonathan Banks, right? Yeah. Not me and not Nacho's dad. Yeah. I love Nacho's dad. Yeah, who does it, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't deserves deserves is one of the key questions of this series and things and something I think about all the time with my characters and other characters. Um so I so it isn't always that I'm avoiding answering that when people ask me. It's that I find that a very slippery word and a very dangerous thing to think that any of us deserves. Cause then does she deserve anything? If you get a bad ending, do you deserve like death and awfulness? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think they have, I think the writers have um, written her and allowed me to um, perform her and extrapolate from the writing with her to, to a place where uh, I think she deserves an ending that I'm already sure they're going to give her. You know what I mean? At this point, at this point going into season six, like the, the, the complexity they have given this character and the constant onion peeling of layers. Um, not only would they not sell me short, they wouldn't sell themselves short. No. I think they've just written one of the most fascinating characters ever. <laughs> well, the thing is, too, there's been times where we've been teased and, and scared and shocked that you uh, Kim could go at any time, like with the car crash, you know, she's falling asleep with all the new paper, the paperwork and everything, and she goes off the road, hits that rock. And, you know, it's kind of a kind of a, a teaser to the next, uh, you know, the um, cliffhanger to the next episode, whatever. And, you know, OK, Kim could go. And so there's that back and forth. that she's just going to go off into the sunset, not, not practice law, law anymore. Maybe she's been Tom loves that shit. That's why he always puts oranges in my scenes <laughs> and like sniper rifles near my head. Yeah. Yeah. He loves that. <laughs> teasing, right? Always teasing. Mental torch. That's that's a, that's mental torture, mental abuse. <laughs> and early Tom, do you remember early on when we started having talks and I would kid with you and uh you'd come over to talk to me about an episode or whatever and I I would say, Okay, before you start talking, just am I dead? Am I dead? Yeah. And often Tom would say, Yes, but hear me out. This is oh jeez. <laughs> come on. I can picture Tom doing that. Look, I grew up with a with a younger sister who I tortured constantly. So it's you, you have to. Yeah. When these opportunities come up, you have to take them. That's right. I do think you treat me like a little sister that you torture. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense to me now. Yeah. Speaking of sisters, I have to ask this about the story of a poster that you had in your room. <laughs> 
and tell, tell us that story. I know we, I know everyone about wants to hear about the show and Kim, but I want to, I want to del, I want to dive into to Ray's early days. Uh, why was I telling you this story? By the way, I was, I was just thinking that earlier. I was like, why did I even bring that story up? I have no idea. So, okay, this is back to the seventies again. I think this is, this had to be late seven, very late seventies. Yeah. For that poster, um, yeah, it has to be, you have to be seventy eight. Ish. 78, 79 ish, I think. And um, because I'm seven or eight when this happened, and my sister's uh, 10 or 11. So, Eric, do you remember? First of all, my sister and I were obsessed with Charlie's Angels, like obsessed. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, these were female powerhouse models. So, and like, I know there are issues with the feminist angle on them, but at the time, we didn't have a lot to go on. So, and, and, you know, it was kind of like if you took all three and mushed them together, then it would be a really, like, incredible archetype of woman. But we were obsessed with it and thought that uh, Farrah Fawcett was the most glamorous woman we'd ever seen before. And there was this famous poster of her that I'm sure some listeners will remember where she's in a red bathing suit. Oh, yeah, had it. It's a red one piece. And there's a stripe sort of, isn't it a, like a Mexican or Latin American print? stripe going across i can't remember there's some kind of stripes going across because i never for noticed years, the background for that as well i never noticed the background you know <laughs> and she's her head's back like this laughing which yes. i tried to smile like that in so many family pictures <laughs> and it drove my parents nuts because it was like an eight-year-old going really creepy because <laughs> her bottom teeth showed and i thought that was <laughs> the most glamorous thing ever yeah no that's glamorous yeah it's it's super glamorous right Oh, and also trying to figure out how to make your nipples show through everything. But I was eight. I do nipples <laughs> Air conditioning. So my mom went to the town fair in Yuma, Arizona, very small town. Fair, the town fair was a huge thing. And I think we had already gotten in trouble and weren't allowed to go. We didn't even get to go. We did something wrong already. And which I'm sure was a legitimate thing to keep us home for. And she won playing darts um, that poster. And she won one and then spent a ton of money trying to stay to win a second one because she knew we'd freak out if only one of us got them. So she finally gets two of these posters and brings them home. And my, I put one on my door and my sister put one on her bedroom door. And we were in a long hallway and I'm the first room like going sideways. And my sister's is the one at the end. And then my sister and I got in a fight later in the middle of the living room and we're like in a giant brawl and went flying down the hallway and my sister's shoulder brushed my poster and tore like a, like a quarter inch thing. And I lost my shit, like <sighs> lost it. And I ran to hers and tore the exact same quarter inch thing on her corner. And then she came back and tore like a bigger one oh, and geez. it went back and forth till we were <laughs> like in a massive fight a physical fight in the hallway trying to get past each other to go rip another inch and my mom told us to stop 600 times and of course we didn't <laughs> like in a rage she goes no one gets them and shred like two like 10 fingers shred freddy freddy krueger my poster and my sister's oh. in shreds and we we cried like someone died. We cried like at a funeral bawling. Get him It's fair. Freaking out. We got put on restriction for the rest of the night. And I remember <laughs> that we eventually unfolded and raveled a, um, a coat hanger long enough to stick notes on it to send them down to each other. That started with like you, you're a piece of poop, and then eventually they go. 
eventually they got to a place where we were telling jokes and friends again. But yeah, our, we tried to tape them together, everything. It didn't matter. Just shredded. Oh, man. I don't know why you like that story. I love that story. Come on. That's a great story. It is. I like the fact <laughs> that it's going back and forth. You're tearing corner. You can tear that corner. It's basically nothing left till mom comes in. It was the end of the world when that poster was shredded. It was the end of the world. That somehow hard. explains so much. Yeah. Anyway, let's get back. Eric, okay, you more fan questions oh, about the show. There's there's a ton. And I, I got to thank these fans. I mean, the viewers here tonight are just absolutely insane. Before I ask the next question, I wanted to say one thing real quick, because I would be uh, lost if I didn't mention them. Bobbleheads.com. I know uh, Ray's familiar with them. They made a really, really cool Kim Wexler figure. They've got Mike. They've got Gus. They've got uh, they've got uh, Saul. Yeah, you got it. That's fantastic. Let me put on the big screen for a sec. There he goes. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Great detail. <laughs> Love it. That's that's what it's like when you talk to Ray in person. She's yeah, always like this. Yes, like, I'll do it. I'll do it. She's not really listening, but she's just nodding. Nodding. Yeah, that's right. That's kind of like. Do you remember time when I found out? Wasn't it with you that I found out that my thinking face apparently looks like uh, I'm thinking everything you're saying is stupid as shit, <laughs> and I didn't know this. <laughs> Eric, I, when someone gives me a note on line like 17, I think and I listen, but in my head, I'm thinking from line one to 16, how do I, so how am I going to get to, if that change is happening now here, like blah, 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 but I listen like this. Okay. I can see it now. So you, you, look, you look pissed and off. And so quite a few directors will go, is that dumb? Am I, that's messing you up. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. And Tom would leave and I would go, wait, no, I'm listening. And I finally talked to Tom and found out that apparently... My resting face is what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> and that's not what all that's not all what I meant. It's my studious face. Yeah, you're intensely intensely focusing on the conversation. I am. I'm intensely listening and running every line that comes before it in my head. Yeah. I, I hear you on that. Um, so this is uh, so yeah, the, off to uh, bobbleheads.com. We're gonna be working with them closely. Uh, we've bought one here at one of the figures of of Kim to give away. So my better half Sandra will share the link in the chat how you can win that. We'll give away at the end of September. Oh, fun! Yeah, and then we're gonna be doing a lot with them down the road. So and they've got some exciting news to share uh, next year. I'll let them share that as well too. Uh, so um, we'll be looking forward to working with them closely. Here's one of our funniest names, kind of coolest names, and uh, because it's a PG show, we can probably sneak sneak this in. Urban fucks. Uh, F-U-X, or maybe it's Fuchs. So we'll say, well, I'm not sure how you pronounce it. But anyways, it says, Ray, uh, it, what is the strangest thing a fan has ever done for you? Sometimes at these conventions and things like that, fans will do some crazy things or, you know, bring a, bring a severed head in a box. I don't know what it may be. But what is this, what is the strangest <laughs> thing a fan I've has done for you? I've not got the severed head in No, it. <laughs> no, thank goodness. But what is this? What's yeah, that's the weird. Yeah. I'd say that would be weird. Yeah, it would be weird. <laughs> I don't even know if crazy categorizes that, like... You should call someone if that. No, I'm kidding on that one. <laughs> it could be a prop head. It could be something from The Walking Dead or something. It's AMC, you right? Imagine you're at Comic Con. Oh my God, this one guy wanted me to sign his head, and this other one, head in a box. What? Hey, <laughs> AMC, man. We can happen. Fans <laughs> are crazy. That's right. I'll continue Cuckoo. on. So, in other words. Anyway, yeah. gotta sign some shit. Anyway. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um you know, I always find the tattoos a little alarming. Yeah. And it isn't that the person's alarming or odd or anything's wrong with them. You just feel like, oh, my gosh, I'm not even sure, like, and I'm sure, Tom, you would say this about Kristen. I'm not sure my partner would tattoo with me on them. Like, this person, you're not even with me for life. Um, so those, 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 are, those are strange. Mostly I've had really nice gifts. I think the strangest thing is I've had just a few 
few fans that I think were having some trouble discerning that I'm not actually Kim Wexler. Yeah. Um, asking me legal questions <laughs> and, you, you know, where at first I, th- yeah, I thought it was answers? funny. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Do you no, do elder law? Advise them yeah, incorrectly? El- um, so yeah, there's just been a, I guess that's the craziest thing when people are not really clear that, um, that I'm an actor, but that's happened if my everybody. whole life. I played an alcoholic once and I got so many letters with people trying to help me. Oh, <laughs> trying to take your car keys when you're just out of friend's house. Let me have those keys. Yeah, exactly. That's hilarious. Uh, more, more questions as well. And this one I wrote down, this one came in from Twitter as well. This is Moonshadow and says, uh, Ray Bonsoir from France. As Kim and Jimmy are always confident to each other and in love since the beginning, do you think at the end of season five, she just wants to save Jimmy from his demons again and try to make clean money to distract him from the cartel and also take the benefit of this to do the job she wants with the pro bono cases, even if she must, uh, even if she compromises herself uh, and Howard, it's like a win-win for both of them. Do you think she's, do you think she really could betray him? That's a big, long question. Yeah, should we break it down? So, yeah. uh, uh, bonsoir, merci pour la question. Um, I think, uh, again, it's it's back to what Tom was saying too. I don't think it's helpful to put too fine a point on who's corrupting who. Do I think that Kim has issues, ego issues and martyr issues with thinking she can save other people as much as she doesn't want to be saved. I do. I personally do. I, I, I honestly think that she thinks um, she can right wrongs in the world and fix the uh, fix things. And as Peter used to say to me, like put her finger on the scales of justice, just, just a tiny bit to make the right person. And again, the deserving person, which is, um, a term that has, you know, a lot of issues, I think. Um, and I think she has an issue with that, has a problem, sorry, has an issue with an issue, doesn't make sense. I, I think she struggles with uh, wanting to save other people while refusing to accept any help. And I do think she loves Jimmy. And one of the things that I've liked playing her from the beginning is that her advice to him is almost always coming from a place of what he said he wanted for himself, not her telling him what to be or that she disapproves of something. He said he wanted a kid, a seat at the big kids table. He said that like big corporations and HHM should be able to accept him. And so that's when she comes in saying like, uh, I don't know that selling the phones in the parking lot is going to help you get there or doing 50% off. Um, now there could be more complexities to that, and we keep seeing more layers to her. Uh, but to tell you the truth, there's other things I just take at face value. When she doesn't want him to go across the desert to be Bagman, I think she honestly loves him and is afraid he's going to be killed. And it supersedes anything, anything mm-hmm. else. There's no part of me that thinks that the whole relationship and her love for him is a facade or a cover for anything. So I. I I start from that honesty always. Um, as far as the Patrick stuff, the Hamlin stuff, Patrick Fabian, um, I don't know. I think that's a question I should not answer even what I what I think, what she will do with that. But I love how many things are at play in that finale that Peter and Ariel wrote uh, as far as is she being, is she playing a game? How much of this is sincere? How much of it is true? Because no matter what, it's manipulative. 
and it's weird and it's dark. Um, is she aware that she's copying him with finger guns? Is she aware that she's saying like, well, you brought a third person to our, into our relationship. So now I'm bringing mine. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't want to answer those things because I so enjoy how many things are happening in that scene. Yeah, so many combinations for sure. Well, let's we can leave it with that. And 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 Tom, if you're okay, I have a million fans fan questions coming. Yeah, go, in. So get, let's tr- get some yeah, fans in. No problem. Uh, so this is from the Saul Goodman Twitter account, fantastic account we all love. Uh, says uh, this is a super chat. It says hi Ray, um, Bob. The first time uh, Bob, the first time you met, compared to Bob, you know now. Uh, also, will you ever sell your art? Uh, it says NPS. Hi Tom and Eric. So the, from meeting Bob the first time to the compared to Bob now. Um, I'm not really sure what the question is. Maybe just how how you you interact with him and uh, that kind of thing. How how has Bob changed since uh, the, when you first met to what how he is now? Um, Bob's as you know, Bob's a very self deprecating guy who also has a healthy confidence in in being an asset and bringing something to the table. But I've I'm happy to see him stop beating himself up about not being a real actor now <laughs> do you mean like in the beginning he just constantly didn't think of himself that way and it's not like he walks around thinking uh he would never walk around thinking he's brilliant so uh, all of us tell him he is um but i i like that he doesn't beat himself as much he doesn't beat himself up as much anymore that being said and tom knows this he's there he works so hard. He's always sure that there's another better way to do something. He never, ever takes a single second of it for granted. And he believes that um, being in service to the story is, uh, is a noble goal that we all left our families for and believe in and, and shoot for the stars. And, and he does that being said, he and I got along in our way of speaking to each other from the very beginning and we have a bit of a brother sister um, dryness between us. Um, that uh, little tip for people out there that think you should make chemistry by sleeping with your <laughs> scene partners it's a lot better to actually have healthy relationships at home and play something that has incredible longevity, which is a, a, a friendship that has grown and grown and grown and a deep respect for each other's work. We, um, we see each other work our asses off and then we come there ready to make it grow and, 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 and thrill, thrill, but I could memorize myself all day, all week long and go there and know he still might throw a curveball and say his line in a slightly different way. And if he's going to, if he's going to backhand it, then I'm going to hit it back from this direction. And, and the scene keeps growing and growing and growing. And, um, and, uh, it's, it's thrilling and amusing and entertaining and um i I mean i couldn't i i couldn't be luckier he's he's as smart and as much fun and as interesting as his fans think he is that's that's, i mean you guys decided to share quarters in albuquerque you and bob (laughs) and patrick and that could have gone very wrong (laughs) (laughs) yeah with finding whatever annoying thing that snoring does in the kitchen sink or whatever around the place could have gotten very old <laughs> and Quickly. yeah thank god it, it didn't and you, you guys seem closer than ever which is good 
No, I'm sure you guys were a little worried in production when you were like, wow, three of our actors are going to live together. This could be a disaster, but... Um, <laughs> Might be a spinoff. We just, we, we rehearse so much. We run lines and talk about scenes so much. It's not, it doesn't look like um, the real world. If you filmed our house, it looks like nerd camp. It's yeah. just theater talk and everything. Um, but that being said, I mean, Bob has his eccentricities and um, <laughs> little secrets. So do I, and um, and so does Patrick. And it kind of you kind of even become more accepting of our characters that love each other well, despite these oddities. Yeah, but there is There's like a... an unwritten rule that like don't come near the kitchen or someone's going to make you run lines. If someone yeah. can see you in the house, you're going to have to run lines. Because <laughs> in, in Breaking Bad, there was a there was a pitch to save money that the writers, when they went to Albuquerque, Albuquerque were going to live in Jesse Pinkman's house. Like, oh, we're going to save so much money. And the writers were like, no fucking way. We're not doing that. <laughs> they kill each it. other. So no, no, no. We would have hated each other. Yeah. So. Well, you also have to understand, we're not home much. Yeah, that's true. The hour, we're not actually there. And so Bob and I were having to try to call each other to try to find a way to run huge, important, deep, complex scenes at three o'clock in the morning or like seven before he's on or my lunch break from one to one seventeen or something. So it was, it was born out of um, convenience for rehearsing. And then also we all Patrick, Bob and I are all married to incredible people that we don't get to see. Mm -hmm. And I would say this about all three of us, we're introvert extroverts. And so there's there's a very social side of us and then a very um, solo side of us. And when you start not seeing anybody for four and five months and drinking coffee and running lines with your chair, you can lose it a little bit. <laughs> so we all miss we all miss our partners and just came together as friends and a little bit of a mini family. That's cool. That's, that's cool for sure. And it, it helps the show too. Uh, here's a super chat from Shashink, and I'm going to say this name, Vichari. Hopefully I'm pronouncing it right. It says, this show inspires me. I've made a review of it, and that is under editing. I will post by tonight on my YouTube channel. Uh, would love for Ray to see him. We'll be sure to share that link with Ray for sure. Uh, there's a couple other super right. chats. Yeah, we'll share that for sure. Uh, Wait, it's a review of this show or a review of Better Call Saul? I'm not sure. It could be both, or maybe I'm not sure. I was sure. like, so in real time, he's going to tell me, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right now, you're not doing well at all. That's right. Yeah, it's, it's tanking. It's, pull the plug, pull the plug. Lag in this, uh, uh, you know, the, the 49th minute <laughs> of the show, it's really taking a nosedive. I'm yeah. bored. Let's go back to talk about injuries. I'm checking out, I'm checking out no the good. succession uh, chat channel right now. Yeah, let's do it. Price of Reason Super Chat says, Tom and Eric, this is such a treat for us Gilliverse fans. Ray is the best actress in any series right now. Well, TV Guide has said that. TV Guide has said the show is the best thing on TV. How was that? very nice to me. It's not a beer. It's LaCroix. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I think I've got most of the Super Chats taken care of. I'm going to scroll down to the bottom, make sure I haven't missed anybody. I'm going to go back to... TV Guide was cool. I used to to memorize TV Guide as a kid. Yeah. I knew when everything was on. Yep. I love TV Guide. I love it. And they're so they're so nice to me and to the whole show. And thank you to whatever fan just said that. That's very kind. Yes. So jumping over to, uh, hopefully I haven't missed too many people. I know I have, and I apologize greatly. Uh, this is Lenny. Uh, says, hey, Ray, love from Indonesia. Uh, what do you think would happen if Kim and Jimmy are best friends since they are since they were children? Uh, would, would be slipping Jimmy Saul? Um, I'm not sure if I understand that question. Maybe lost in translation a little bit. I'll try to read it again. Uh, Love from Indonesia. Is he saying like, if I, 
He's almost asking the yeah, like if we had yeah, if we had intervened in our in each other's lives even earlier. Yeah, it's an interesting question. Yeah. Um, what do you think, Tom? That's an interesting question. It'd be a whole different dynamic, I think. Uh, Yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, that's a complicated one. (laughs) Because when your best friend, I think they would have. I think they would have been friends. I think may I think Jimmy may have been a better person and. Yeah. It would be a little bit worse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a flip, right? I upside- think I agree. Yeah. I think I agree. Upside down world. This is from uh, Claudia. Uh, where is Kim's? Uh, where is Kim's confrontation with Lalo? All- okay, there's no. What is Kim's confrontation with Lalo all script or was there any improvisation? All scripted. Tom is amazing, and I get asked <laughs> so many times if we're improving and we're not, and including the toothbrush scenes, which people love to yeah. ask. Um, <laughs> All uh, all written. All of my writers are great. Uh, they allow me to have a lot of freedom with breath, punctuation, fra- um, rhythms, and also finding beats. I like to find things off the line, not always on the line, um, and, and find places where the subtext alters the way one is saying something. Um, and they're great. They're great about it. And um, Tom endures my thousands of questions about the lines. Because if you're going to tell me to do it word perfect, I, I, I like to know every word love, and think about I it. I love the questions. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you can tell how scripted the show is. And some fans may know this and some may not. But you shared this with me, Ray. And so did Patrick when he was on the show um, about the pocket dialogue. So there's, things are so scripted that there's dialogue where a lot of times we don't get to hear it. So it may be used for things later. You never know. But for conversations, there's two examples of the back in the mail room uh, when, you know, Jimmy passed the bar exam. And also recently in season five with, uh, you know, Kim goes back in, talks to Schweikart there, whatever. And there's some dialogue in the office just before she quits and that was all that was all scripted as well too and and uh mm-hmm. used, used for whatever so that's very very cool uh continue on so we, that was from claudia uh, i gotta ask tom though you know every actor that comes on our show says what is it i got a thing that says pocket dialogue what is that and i said <laughs> i've never heard of it before we got there either oh. i've heard of like mos meaning it's not it's we're not going to do sound on this or uh this is stuff for you to perform but we won't use whatever i've never heard the word pocket or the phrase pocket dialogue well i i mean they used it on the x-files i remember writing pocket dialogue dialogue on the x-files so it was a term that had been around i don't know if it was what the origin of it is but i know i it was something i learned very early on and i've always used the term pocket dialogue so i i am a little surprised that there there have been (laughs) that i've been using nobody ever knows what i'm talking about no (laughs) I, I enjoyed the term, though. Investigation into the and they're afraid about. to ask you. Just so you know, they're all afraid to ask you. They come and ask the other <laughs> actors. They're like, do you know what this is? Do it's I like... I know you're sticking like, your hand start making right stuff here. up, too. Like, oh, we have some suitcase dialogue. You should. You should. <laughs> and uh, so this is avocado dialogue, guys, okay? <laughs> oh, jeez. I would this think pocket... pocket. This one's shoe dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? Shoe dialogue can be heard but not seen. Pocket... <laughs> <laughs> Seen but not heard. <laughs> I, did, I was the first time I heard the expression too, but I like it. It's very cool. Uh, continue on. Uh, Lori says, uh, Ray, how surprised were you to read the script about Kim proposing marriage to Jimmy? I'm, I'm assuming that's probably something that you thought would maybe come down sometime down the road in the end of the seasons. But were you surprised to read that in the script that there was going to be a marriage proposal? I didn't know if that would come down the pike at all. Like I, um, I knew that looming breaking back question of him saying that he, uh, what did, wait, what does he say? Divorced twice. 
Yeah. I knew that was coming. Yeah. I knew they had to deal with that. Um, but I, I, I was very surprised. I was very surprised. And, and Tom wrote a scene that <laughs> the lead up to it made it even more surprising. I love how much we're talking about my, my episodes. There we go. As we should. Almost like we planned um, it. <laughs> Almost like yeah, we planned. no, it was, uh, Peter, it was very Peter was always very. Peter was always very thrilled about the idea of of them, uh, you know, getting an office out of love and getting married for business reasons or for legal reasons. Right, exactly. Which I think is very uh, funny. Well, speaking yeah. of writing, this is a good question, and this is for you, Tom. Um, and I'm, I'm assuming you can probably tell us this. Um, Ash is asking, what episode are you working on in the writer's room currently? Did I hear up to seven from somebody? Are you up to we're that? On, uh, yeah, we're, do, we're doing episode seven. Nice. Actually, I think we're breaking episode eight right now. I think we're breaking eight. You're past, we past, you're what half- happens in it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of pocket and shoe dialogue. There's some Albuquerque, <laughs> and there's some Albuquerque <laughs> footage, I think, a little bit. Might see some Albuquerque in the distance, but that's good. You've passed the halfway mark uh, towards thirteen. Yeah, that's yep. good. Is it a good feeling? Is it a good feeling in the writers' room right now? Virtual room. Yeah, we're chugging. All, we're well. I mean, <laughs> we've taken forever to get here. Look, we've spent we spend more time than any other writers' room uh, on these on these episodes. So it feels like we're flying, but then I look back and I'm like, oh yeah, we started in February. Yeah, <laughs> September on episode eight, so we're not really going that fast. But if it feels like we're going fast. That's good, though. That's a good. That's that's a good place to be, honestly, especially where we are right now. Where there's no immediate, uh, you know, proof of when we're going to start. Or you guys are going to start shooting and filming and everything. So that's that's a good place to be at. Uh, here's a question that came up before on the show, and it might have been with you when you were on the show with me before, Ray. Um, but we've talked about this on with a couple other guests uh, about you and and uh, about Ray about uh, Kim and Jimmy. This is from uh, Caitlin. It says, "Do you ever think we'll hear Jimmy and Kim say I love you'?'" That's come up a few times, and sometimes it's. I think it's said where it's. It's. It's sometimes not saying it is even more more powerful. What do you think? They never. They've never said it. What a ter- What a terrible um, dramaturg I am because like really I, we don't ever say it. Nope. It feels like we've said it. We've never said it. No. <laughs> I'm a horrible. But actor. that song um, that was playing in the background. I love you. That's yeah. I don't. I forget the name of the song. Right. In my head. Yeah, we've said it a it's, million times. It. it just wasn't those words, right? We've played it many, many different ways without oh, using yeah. the words. Yeah, and yeah, see, you know, yeah. I, it's never, it's never bothered me. I have, I've been asked that before, and I was like, oh, really? I don't remember that. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, I love, I love my fiance, but we don't like stare at each other when we're leaving for work and go like, hey, I love you. <laughs> 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 like, um, I don't know. It never, but I guess, I guess it is something idiosyncratic about them, but people also talk about like the, you know, that they're not, um, physical enough. And I, I disagree. I think it highlights everything else that shows you what a real relationship is. Yeah. You can, you can feel the love between them for sure. And I, as a fan, I've always been worried with that, with that topic comes up as well too, because sometimes what's never, ever said, I could see it, you know, if there was a tragic end for, for Kim, you know, that time that they do say, I love you could be like a horrible time to say it, but who knows? We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Um, oh yeah, for sure. At this point, I guess it would be like, if Tom wrote, I love you, like my head's going to be chopped off. Yeah. There's that button to take it to Comic-Con, right? We just talked about just that. It's like a raptor comes by. <laughs> <laughs> I got. I promise, if they say "I love you" to each other, we'll be in pocket dialogue. Episode okay, S six, episode one. I love you. 
<laughs> right off one, the of the great, one of the great things about working on the show with the, with our writers and the cast is that this this relationship between Jimmy and Kim to me is feels like the most realistic relationship I've ever worked on as a writer, and it's been it's been great to do. That's Same. nice. That's and great. by that I mean I'm writing it. No, <laughs> I meant same in playing it. Yes. <laughs> Um, these are questions here that I know we can't really answer, so we'll just hypothesize on it. Um, maybe as a fan, to all the fans, I'm sorry, I'm such a chatterbox. Hey, no, 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 no. All your questions, then. No, it's all good, and that's the thing. There's so many, we just can't. We couldn't do it in three hours, so I apologize immensely. I had to ask that Farrah poster story. Sorry. Yeah, that 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 was a good one. I stand by the Farrah poster story. I'm that's fine. Good, that's a good story. Uh, and I got I got to give a big thanks to our mods here as well too. First and foremost, my beautiful better half Sandra Lee. She's going crazy with the chat. She's trying her very best, and she's actually texting me as we speak as well too. And sometimes she's using voice to text. It's really funny what comes out on the other end uh, to Leanne as well too, and then Mark uh, helping us so much make this uh, show run as smoothly as possible. Uh, this is from Veronica. Do you think we'll see more Kim flashbacks and learn more about her past? So we, we kind of talked about that at the top of the show. So fingers crossed, we'll get to know a little bit more. But as, as we also said too, sometimes less is because you know we, we give the whole chapter on Kim well then there's nothing left to watch so fingers crossed we'll see a little bit more uh, here I think we'll get to know more about her whether yeah. it's in a flashback or not <laughs> yeah that's yeah for sure uh, let me see if I can get this one here from I Inus uh, says uh, what's the most important piece of information or character trait of Kim you've taken from reading the script uh, and working close to the writers so a character trait you've taken from Kim, work, you know, working closely with the writers. Is there anything that you've kind of brought home or kind of embraced uh, uh, as Ray? Oh, as Ray. Yeah, but uh, taking it from Kim. Clearly, I'm not able to do the still terse thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, there's something that I, I am working on and I'm, I'm failing miserably. But the fact that she does not care about filling silences and just will stand there is I it I am amazed at it like it's a superpower. <laughs> um, and so I'm aware of it now when I find myself uh just uh Yeah, I think I think I think Ray the Persian should work on that. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. I haven't even seen people in months. Leave me alone. <laughs> I want to say a big hello to my son, Eric Jr. He's watching right now as well, too. And Tom, is your mom, is your mom watching? My mom watches every week. So hi, mom. Awesome. Hi, hi mom. Everybody on you. And uh, she's in New Jersey. Awesome. That's nice. That, that's really nice that she watches. Hi, mom. So someday I'll, I'll be able to visit New Jersey again. <laughs> well, with this question here, I'm going to, just because mom's watching, I'm going to watch, uh, well, she's probably heard you swear like, like a sailor, uh, but I'm going to just, I'm not going to swear. This is from the Saul Goodman uh, Twitter says, F the Emmys for overlooking Ray all these years and now overlooking Bob to nothing against the times, uh, uh, nothing or nothing against times and other nominations. But yeah, uh, that's the thing, right? So it's like I'm in the music business. There's a lot of the music that you listen to doesn't always get the awards that it should, but as a whole, you know, the, the family is, has some fantastic nominations. So let's keep our fingers crossed that uh, the team brings some home this Sunday. I know we're going to be glued to the TVs uh, Sunday. So that's going to be fantastic. Uh, let me see if I miss anything else here. We're getting close to the end of the show. Um, so, oh, Catherine says, can we see Kim tear down the prison industrial complex? Uh, and here's a question from Karina. Do you think Kim will... Why not? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Uh, Karina says, do you think Kim will become even more emotional and compulsive in season six? We've seen the most emotion from her so far in season five. 
Good question. That's probably just a feeling. That's a Tom question. Yeah. And I know he probably can't answer, but maybe a feeling. That's a, that's a question I, I cannot answer. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and let me see here. Does she become chattier, though? Because <laughs> I could do that. <laughs> Tom, did you have that's any? That's the first thing I have to do every season we go back. I literally just spend like 48 hours sitting on my hands and <laughs> trying to stop my face. That's my prep. <laughs> Here's here's a request. I'm going to put this on the big screen, and we're going to capture this. I know this is going to go viral when I capture this. From the Saul Goodman Twitter, wants to know if you can do the... Pew, pew. Oh. I can't do the face she's doing it, though, because it makes me laugh when I think about it. But All right. You're on the spot. <laughs> okay, I spoke, I spoke, and I didn't mean to do that. Go ahead and do it again. <laughs> okay, guys, snip that, and then run with it. Just put it out there on the interwebs. We'll get We'll get that one going. I should probably turn a light on in my garage eventually. I know the sun's gone. So it's darker here than we we usually are recording the show. And we're we're pitch dark here because we're we're uh, we're going on ten o'clock Eastern here, so it's it's dark. But it's good. We can see you. I don't want to turn my overhead light on. It's, it'll be horrific. <laughs> Tom, before we wrap up, and I I missed probably a few questions. Did you have anything else on um on your end that you wanted to ask? Well, I got tons of questions, but I didn't get <laughs> but uh, you know I want to get. Ray Seahorn, amazing artist. The the paintings over Kim's bed are Ray Seahorn originals. I would, you know, if we had more time, I'd ask her about getting into your artwork. When what did you do? What did you get interested in her first? Artwork or acting? Art. My uh, my dad, who was an NIS agent, used to uh, sort through his thoughts and emotions when he came home by um, drawing, and his mother was an uh, oil painter. So my sister and I were drawing and doing a lot of art from a very, very, very young age. That's great. And then there's also your, uh, your cat rescue. You, is there a, somebody, uh, my dog know. rescue? Who oh, is it? Is it? I'm sorry. I don't know why I said cat rescue. You dog I have rescue. a cat. You have a cat. But I, for some oh, reason, you mean our, our, our desert dogs when I learned I how to you, I, for some reason, I thought you recently rescued a cat as well, but you do dog, you have a, do a rescue dog. Well, I do have a rescue cat that I got recently, but I didn't, I thought you were saying it as though I've started like a sanctuary. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no. I thought you were like, and there's that cat rescue thing you do now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. I, I did recently I, get a cat. I wish it was out here. His name's Milo. And um, yes, he's, he's a rescue and he's the best. He's and, so funny. And has him. an Instagram page too, doesn't he? He has his own. He has his own Instagram account. It's I just AKA followed. Shmoo. I just followed it today. Good. <laughs> we brought in a cat just recently as well too. It just it found my better half here. We brought her in Gypsy, a little black cat, and uh, it, it's just like having a two year old again. We haven't had we haven't had babies here in a long time. You know, it is. It's like a toddler in the house. Oh, it's yes. it's absolutely insane. And Tom, how about what else have you got on your plate there? Oh, uh, we're, we're <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah, we're ten oh five. We can wrap up here. Yeah, yeah, we're at, we're, at, we're at the hour. Ray is almost in complete darkness right now. <laughs> I know, look at that. Well, listen, I want to apologize. I like to have more and more like chiaroscuro lighting as I go away. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I want to I want to <laughs> apologize to all the fans that asked questions that we couldn't get to, but we'll try to share them and with future guests as well too, and we'll show, we'll throw some on Twitter as well too, and uh, you can always tag Ray and whenever she has time, she might be able to answer some of those. Uh, so just yeah. a, a pleasure to have you back. I mean, holy cow, twenty twenty has been crazy, but I mean you've made it great being here on the channel twice. I really wish I would have started the show with Tom earlier. Uh, so could it, you know it's nice having this dynamic with both of us with our guests, and it's nice to have you on on Gilliverse. So thank you to that. We also want to have people tune in next Friday. We've got those crazy Salamanca twins coming here. That's going to be crazy. And you know it's really funny. Oh, too. I love those guys. Uh, we always try to get Daniel people to do Lewis, show. Tell yeah. Hello. We we always try to get the show guests to do some show ideas for us. And I said I said to Sandra, I said I'm going to get both Daniel and Lewis to just collect this. <laughs> for like 30 seconds right that and that's a show id uh be sure to follow us on instagram uh, inside the gilliverse and also be sure to check out the emmy awards this sunday night fingers crossed for the family and we have that twitter contest as we talked about so follow our twitter uh, account mgn channel and we'll be giving away a kim wexler bobblehead at the end of the month we're looking forward to that subscribe and uh we're looking forward to having a, a lot more viewers tune in each week we're talking about the gilliverse and spreading the love and keeping you know keeping people entertained until season six and uh again too everyone if we use some common sense out there and be safe all these uh writers and actors and crew will get back to work which the, you know everyone wants to do we all want the shows and the safer we can be out there the faster that will happen so it's been fantastic i really enjoyed having you here today ray thank you guys thank you so much for having me uh sorry i didn't get to all the questions happy to come back awesome Awesome. Well, we may take you up on that. And I got to say, we got, and everyone here in the chat, first of all, when I said earlier to uh, thanking my beautiful better half, Sandra Lee, for what she does in the chat and, and her mods as well. Thank you to that. But thank you to the fans, uh, you know, and thank you to Tom. Because when I pitched this idea to Tom, I put, put this on Twitter just the other day. I said, Tom and I, I was stupid. I said, hey, Tom, want to do, we'll do a show? And he agreed to that. And I said, let's do four episodes. I could have said 27. I said four. And Tom says, yeah, I think we can do four. We're at six. We're going to be at seven nice. next week. Yeah, we're at, and I know Tom's busy writing, so I, I count my blessings. But I'm going to, uh, Tom, we posted this picture with, uh, with the Salamancas the other day where, um, where uh, Tom's po uh, pushing Daniel in, in a shopping cart, and they were talking about collateral and things like that. So I'm going to talk to Tom's wife and see if I can get, oh, look at, there you go. I'm looking at the light now. I want to get some collateral on. Is this great? That's perfect. That's I want to get like some collateral on Tom right so I can blackmail Tom. I want to blackmail Tom as long as I can to keep him, but we're blessed to have him as long as we can. So, Tom, we all thank you so very much. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> Check out my son's channel, youtube.com slash Bane Rocks. Thanks for having me on, oh, it's a, Tom and Eric. It's a pleasure. Don't go away, uh, you, both of you guys. We'll say goodbye to you off the air and have a happy and safe weekend, everybody. It is a weekend. We warmed it up for you, I hope, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you next week right here inside the Gilliverse. We'll see you then. Cheers. Thanks again for tuning into Inside the Gilliverse with Tom and Eric. Be sure to check back each week for more great discussions and interviews with cast and crew from Breaking Bad, El Camino, and Better Call Saul. 